think once it locks, my phone locks, it cuts, it stops recording. Oh, that makes sense. That makes okay. That so makes I'm sense. gonna keep it right here. So we're we're no no no. It's fine. So you know we 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 match the glove quantities for for Floyd. Uh, we go into the glove selection after the weigh-in on Friday, and Floyd Senior is actually you know we they open the gloves up and Floyd Senior puts his hand in one of the gloves. He says, "Oh no." And so we're like, what? He goes, oh, no, these gloves are soft. You know, no wonder you're, you know, you, no wonder you're knocking out fighters left and right. You're, you're cheating. So he, he starts being very accusatory. So yeah. everybody's looking at the glove, and Floyd comes in, puts it on. He goes, oh, no way. No way you're fighting in this glove. And that's it. So we go back and forth. You know, Elvis Grant's there. You know, uh, uh, Grant, uh, Grant, you know uh, Elvis from, yeah. from Grant. Yep. He's there. I'm there. We're all talking about the glove. Um, basically, you know, the commission says, okay, we can't use these gloves. So we turn around and we say, okay, now there was a card that night over at the Hard Rock. I think Ishay Smith was, was the main event. I, I want to say he was the main event. But there was a bunch of stock red Everlasting MX gloves at that event. So what Eric Gomez does, he says, okay, well, let's call this event. Let's call, let's call these gloves back let's bring yep. all these gloves back they they're stock you guys approved them that's it and so they bring them all back the commission looks at these gloves they test them they said okay these are approved floyd uh leonard ellaby and floyd lawyer at the time i forget his name his name's john they come they look they said there's no way floyd is going to fight marcos in an mx club so at okay. this time Robert garcia sebastian contorsi which was um Maidana's advisor and Marcos all said, fine, I thought. And at that point, I was like, everybody goes, oh, no, that's just a ploy. They're going to get more money. No, fight was really off. Uh, there was, they were content. They, they were asking Golden Boy for flights back to Argentina, everything. They wow. just started saying, hey, you know, we're just going to go back home. This fight's obviously not going to happen. You know, but then, you know, I guess, uh, Leonard and his team started talking to Sebastian and Golden Boy and said, hey, you know, can he fight, you know, let him fight in a grand glove? He goes, I don't want to fight in a grand glove. Well, what other gloves do you guys have? And I said, well, we have the, the power lock glove. And so he tried it. He said, I don't want to fight in this glove. I want to fight in my glove. And so they're going back and forth. And, and finally, I guess they came to an amount that seemed acceptable. Um Okay. Yeah, and, and so they ended up fighting in that. So the the rematch, we actually had to make parallax in that color. So, but yeah, I mean that was was actually that far bigger controversy than anything that that these you know these guys the these agenda guys. So it was actually a, a legit drama, and and uh, I actually how that's probably how I, I guess the biggest way I knew you know I got to to my name out there. It was funny because I went to a, a, an LA fitness where I used to live. Okay. The Monday after the fight, and, and someone goes, "Hey, I saw you on a video," and I'm like, "Uh, yeah." Yeah, goes, you're the video, glove bro. guy. Right? Yeah, you're yeah. the glove guy, right? I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Bro, what the fuck did you put in these gloves?" I'm like, "Walked away." It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, oh my like, god. I had that for at least six months. Yeah. And people just asking me and asking me and asking me, and then I was like, it, 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 "I'm glad it died down, and I'm glad I was able to." see it all firsthand but yeah out of that you know changes to the to the the procedure especially in nevada now 
instead of gloves being to uh, be brought in, they, they we have to send gloves to the commissions for any title fight, especially if they're custom colored. We have to send them off to the commission so the commission can inspect them prior to the, to the glove selection. Well, by the time that they get to glove selection, Nevada has already inspected them. They're approved and ready to go. California is so, really so, Go ahead. And that's, yeah, and Ernie, not to cut you off, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you emphasized. That's why, why I want you to, you know, I wanted you to bring up that whole Marcos Maldana and the uh, Floyd first fight, the glove controversy, because, you, like you said, it was a real glove controversy or glove gate or a glove situation because, you know, it was custom custom uh, painted. So they were, you know, not, 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 they weren't adjusted necessarily, but they were custom painted. So they were adjusted to a certain extent. But you were involved in, like, the first major and, and real glove controversy. You know, when it comes to, the, like, yep. like you're saying, like, now, because you were, like, pioneers to that. Like, now, with Fury Wilder, like, you know, guys are trying to bring up the whole glove. And Fury's glove was loose. And Fury's glove that was at the uh, at the wrist. I don't know. I've read so many stories. that You know, to me, I laugh at them. I think it's all good fun. I, I, I understand it. Because, you know, in boxing, you need controversy. Yeah. You need, well, you need I mean, noise. Just- I, I think you it's know. the difference between I think the difference between the two is that you actually had a, a, a controversy about a, a, a model of glove, a branded model of glove versus a made up controversy brought on by YouTubers who, who you know, couldn't accept defeat. You know, one of the fighters that they, they, they exactly. like. Exactly. So, and then, you know, your last part when you said the whole, you know, now that every glove, especially if they're customized, gets inspected by the by the commission right before the fight and they're sent I remember at the Fury Wilder fight, the second one, you know, when they were showing backstage before the fight, you clearly saw that the gloves that they were getting were in like, you know, a shipment package, you know, they were sent that night. You know? Well here's so, here's what happens. So once the gloves are inspected and approved mm-hmm. and pushed off. So the, the commission gathers all the gloves, they bag them, they tag them and they, they put them back into their temporary office at the casino. No one's to touch them until fight night. And then once once fight night comes, their dressing room is there. The commission will come and take the gloves and hand them off to the fighter camps. Now, at that point, here's another thing. That point, for these types of fights, this level of a fight, a member of the opposing camp will be in the locker room at all times to inspect to make sure that things are, are the, on the up and up. So, okay. in other words... If there was controversy, why didn't someone from Team Wilder say, "Hey, what are you guys doing to this glove? Why are you guys put? Why does it look like this? Why why are you taping it at the wrist?" Someone at, at on Team Wilder had to be in the dressing room, you know, that night for the rematch and for the first fight. So, yep. you're telling you're meaning to tell me that this controversy was consistent across two different commissions, arguably the two best commissions in the U.S. With with two members at least, uh, you know, with at least two fights with one member in that camp uh, from the opposing side, and it still had the same cons- and two different models of glove, and you yep. still had the same issues. That that doesn't jive. It didn't make it didn't make any sense for for them to go that tangent. Now you know they changed it. Said something about him, ta- you know, him taping it at the wrist. You know, him put, putting you know further down the wrist. Yep, they just kept changing the story to, to fit you their know, agenda. To fit, their yeah, script. their agenda yep. to, and, and the 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 improbability that that Deontay could lose to a guy like like Tyson Fury. 
you know, and that's as simple as that. You know, I, I, I Tyson, uh, Deontay's our guy. I, I, I wanted nothing more for him to win, but he wasn't the he wasn't the better fighter that night, and and, and shit happens. And you move yeah. on, and and you take a loss like a man. And these guys simply didn't want to. They they kept trying different conspiracy theories and different agendas. And finally, at the end, I think they got uh, more. They got less out of this than they had hoped for. You know, they got their name yeah. out there, but they also got their name out there as people who who, who you can't really trolls. take serious. You can't yeah. take them serious. You can't trust. You can't trust. Yeah, you can't really yeah. take them serious. And, you know, so, it, it, you know, they largely got, you know, swept under the rug. I know Ishe still goes after them. But in the end, it's like these guys aren't, aren't really – I can't really take them serious simply because, you know, they, they, they made up drama. You know, I think they made up yeah. drama with Devin Haney, you know, with his, his white – White boy comments. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh my God, you taking, bro? Are you are you trying to? You know what I'm saying? You taking all the my whole script here? You know, my whole script, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, I'm teasing you, Ernie. But no, we'll get into that too. Uh, but um, I'm going back though because they did end. Uh, I wanted to end the Wilder and Fury because uh, okay. I don't know if you've known, but they ended with the whole. Uh, um, supposedly Wilder had a torn bicep. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I mean, it, and it, did you, uh, it could be what is, true. What's your, thoughts, we, what's your thoughts on that one? I mean, that was the last news I've heard. I'm not sure if it came out. I think it came out last week, two weeks ago. But apparently, um, the reasoning, he wasn't, you know, of course, it was a glove. And then it was a costume. Um, and then uh, I think this one is the torn bicep, which is like he lose. I mean, to me, unfortunately, it's like, you know, like you said, you know, uh, you, you go for somebody. You know, I, I, when it comes to Wilder and Fury, um. I like Fury more. You know, I wasn't really going for a guy, but I like Fury more. So it really didn't bother me. Um, I, I kind of laughed at the whole controversy, you know, the glove gate and then the costume. Yeah. I was more like humorous. Um, and then now the torn, the torn bicep. I just feel like it's just more excuses. You know what I'm saying? I respect Wilder. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. taking losses, you take losses hard. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's. it's I mean, it could torn. be. A- I mean, it yeah, could be a combination of things. It could be something that, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't expect to go down. I mean, I thought, you know, maybe he thought, okay, this would be an easier take simply because, you know, he he was able to knock down Tyson Fury. I want to say twice in the first fight, you know, yeah, and, twice. Yep. You know and, twice. and he figured, okay, I'm just going to get to him this time. I'll stop him. It didn't happen. In fact, you know, I mean, he might've gassed himself out, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of different things. And in the end, if all these things are indeed genuine excuses, you know, like people say, then the third fight should resolve all the all of that because now Deontay will go are in. Are you? Are you? I'm sorry, Ernie. Are you excited? <laughs> go ahead. For, like, are you excited without the, like? So if they didn't make, so I think you know a lot of guys on Twitter, you know, my whole you know you know research. Uh, do you think that this whole controversy, like the fl- uh, the glove gate? The, the costume and now this torn, torn bicep, you think it was done on purpose to kind of get viewers to watch the third fight or what's your take on no. that? Are you excited? Like, no. you ex- okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, cause here's the, here's why. If it was the biggest fight to make at, at heavyweight, then yeah. But I think right now, Fury versus Joshua is the fight to make. I, I think for, for, oh, it's, are you back? Okay, good. Okay, so now, I think in this case, you know, I, I think we do need kind of like a, a, a closure when it comes to this. I mean, you know, if, if, if Deontay really thinks he was hindered by, by 
the costume and a bad camp and, and an injury a injury prior to the fight, then you know what? A third fight will resolve all that. And, and if it, indeed, you know, it did affect him and he, he comes out victorious, then, you know, he was proven right. But if, if Tyson somehow wins again, you know, then I think, uh, you know, people will say, okay, well, see, this is, this is the proof, you know, he beats you again. So I, I think in, in that aspect, much like uh, I think a Golovkin Canelo three fight needs to happen simply because we need, we need closure on everything. We, we just need some type of closure on that. I think we need closure but, uh, on Wilder cut- three, three. So, so yeah. just for the, just for the boxing fan, closure is necessary. No, absolutely. Um, and I love that you brought up, you know, because I'm a big Triple G guy. Um, and I don't know if you've been listening to any of these podcasts, but uh, the guys have been uh, making fun of, you know, you know, not busting my chops. But, uh, you know, it's like you mentioned Triple G and um, I, mean, I mentioned Triple G. So every time I'm, I mention his name or Andre Ward, because like the, those two guys are my main guys. <laughs> they want me to take a shot. On, they want me to take a shot on the show. But I'm having <laughs> a beer right now. So I'll take a little sip of uh, Triple G. I'll take a little sip of my beer. But, uh <laughs> But no, I I, I I agree with you. I I as a as you know, um, you know, it's uh, I, I'm glad you're on the show because like you know you're a fan, like you're a fan first, but you're also you work for the business, like you have the inside, and mm-hmm. you know you you make a living at this, and yep. like I, I love your approach of this because like, like like you said at the end of the day, obviously you work for Golden Boy, obviously you work for Everlast, so at the end of the day you're gonna not necessarily side with them, but. You know, you're going to gravitate toward them. But at the end of the day, you're a fan at the end of the day. You're a fan. You're a boxing fan. Yeah. I think the one thing that people on Twitter need to understand, my loyalty is to the co- two companies that pay me and to the fighters that work under that umbrella. Okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't sit there and call Carl Moretti a, a, a biased, you know, motherfucker because he yeah. works for Top Rank. He's supposed to be biased. You're supposed Absolutely. to be. You know, Absolutely. if if you're if you're a manager wanting to 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 get him get your fighter into Everlast, you're gonna want me as, as your guy simply because I'll go to bat for him every time. I'll do what's best for him every time. You know, you you want a guy like me to 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 be biased for your fighter. You know, like with Golden Boy, you know, you want your fighter to feel comfortable with a guy like me as your fighter liaison, because I am going to fight for, for your fighter, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it, it shows that you do have dedication to the job that you have, but yep. that's never going to take me away from being fair and, 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 and um, try to be as cross the board as I can towards, towards the sport of this, you know, sport of boxing. It's my, that's my first love. That's how I got Absolutely. into Golden Boy. That's how I got into Everlast is because of my love for the sport and because of the passion that I have to put into the effort that that is for out there, you know? So I am, I do, I, I'll tell, you know, and anybody who knows me knows I have, I love Teofimo Lopez, like, like, like a brother, you yeah. know, and I text him, I check in on him. I, you know, I do favors for, you know, whatever it takes. And Absolutely. he's not—he's not Golden Boy. He's no longer Everlast, and yet our you friendship actually. Yeah, you both have. Yeah, he—he's still close. You know, I—you know—I love him to death. He's—he's he's welcome at my house anytime. You know, we're, we're always going to be close. We're always going to be, you know, each other's biggest fans. You know, and, and that's just how you know how I am and and how you I operate. Think, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I think both Golden Boy and Everlast understand that and accept that simply because. You know, it, it shows the passion that I have for what I do, you know, and, and it gives me the ability to not fear uh, being being a fan of someone that doesn't fit, you know, my occupations 
um, and yet still brings my passion to my occupation. So if, if, if it, so, in other words, if I'm such a fanboy for Tia Fimo, just imagine what I'm going to do for Alexis Rocha, Ryan Garcia, I, I, you know, uh, the Car the Balderas brothers, you know, who are signed to Everlast, Virgil Ortiz, who signed to Everlast, and Golden Boy. You know, at the end it, of the day, yeah. At the end of the day, like they just gotta respect that you're real. You're real. Yeah. You're not. You're not false. You're not. Yeah. Fake. So that's I, what it is. It's like you know. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to pretend that 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 you know. Oh, I hate Tia Fimo. No, I don't. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I think he's a great kid. I mean, I've had conversations with him. You know, prior to him really, really blowing up, that you know, we're dope. You know, him telling yeah. me about his family. Him telling me about his, you know, the, the you know, his dogs and and. Just everything, and and it's, I rather have those types of relationships with with the fighters, um, than than being standoffish and, and, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, too good or, or seeing them and go, hey, we'll catch up later and, and not catch up to them. You know, I, I, if I say something, I mean it. You know, and and you know what you see on Twitter and Instagram is what I am in real life. You know, if, there's no surprises. You're not going to be surprised. By by oh man, you're vastly different than what you are on Twitter. Nope, I'm the same motherfucker that you see in real life that I am on my socials, and that's just how it is, you know. And and I figure it's easier to navigate this world, the sport, by just being me across the board, and and Absolutely. that's who I am. You know, a guy who loves this sport, who happens to make a living in this sport, is very grateful that I can make a living in this sport. No, absolutely, and uh. And I, and I think that's important, you know, that's that's why, you know, like, you know, you bring up Everlast, bring up Golden Boy, bring up Twitter, but that's just, at the end of the day, you just, there's, there's no shame in being real and not being false, you know, it's, it's that's what you're respected for, and that's, I think at the end of the day, that's what you, you know, you, you thrive for. At the end of the day, you know, you can take your losses, you know, but if you're respected and you're honest about your, about your passion, about your work, that matters to you more than anything, you know, because at yep. the end of the day, you're worried before anything. And I, and I respect that about you, Ernie. But uh, Thank you. going back to the, uh, not to cut you off, Ernie, but um, no. we're jumping all over. We have some good topics. Uh, just want to, uh, Wilder Fury, you know, we mentioned the third fight. We mentioned, you know, all this, you know, nonsense was brought up. You know, you want closure. Um, your, your honest opinion, you know, as a fan, like who, who do you favor in that third fight? You know, Fury or Wilder? What's, what's your take on the third fight? Well, I, I think it, it it naturally favors Tyson simply because you know, of the two, he was the far better boxer that night. You know, he was probably the better boxer in the first fight. But I, I always like Deontay's chances against anybody simply because once he does land that right hand, it's game over. I mean, it really is yep. game over. You know, the, I've never seen anybody – well, I shouldn't say never. I, I haven't seen anybody around this era that can, that can one hit or quit – a fighter quite the way Deontay does. I mean, you could sit there and say, oh man, Deontay's, he's behind on the car. Oh wait, he just knocked him out. And that's it. You yeah. know, it, 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 he changes everything with one punch and, and far be it for me to discount him and dismiss him knowing that he has that ability. And now if everything comes into play and everything that we're, you know, that, that weighed heavily on him, you know, literally and figuratively goes away and he's now at a, a, a leaner, crisper uh version of Deontay I wouldn't discount him I, I, I wouldn't dismiss him necessarily as 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 a legit shot to beating Tyson it's just it's ha it's almost happened before you know so it, I think it's still a close fight I would edge Tyson simply because of the ability to box and and, and to move around and, and to keep that distance from Deontay but I I, I 
I would, I mean, if I'm a betting man and the, the Deontay by KO was, was heavily uh, an underdog, I'd pick it. I'd definitely pick it. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Uh, do you think this uh, break this you know, you know, the, the rematch was supposed, well, not the rematch. We're all calling it the rematch, but the trilogy, the third fight was supposed to happen in what, July, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, mid-July. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen. It got postponed yep. um, until further notice. Uh, do you think this break, you know, this extra months or, you know, we don't know, it might be the whole year, but just the break in general, do you think the break will, this quarantine break, you know, these extra months that both guys are going to have, who do you think that favors more? Deontay, because if everything, because okay. if everything that he states is true, in other words, bicep surgery, fatigue, bad camp. He now has a time to, yeah. you know, he, he now has a time, the time to correct everything. One, he's, he's already, I guess, made two changes in his corner. Um, two, he, he has time to, to let the bicep heal. Three, he can, he can actually sit there and take some time off, you know, and, and, and refocus on what he, you know, he has a lot more to correct. And he has the ability to correct it during this time down. Tyson may come into the saying, oh, you know, what what worked for me is going to work again. I'll come in a little heavy. I'll wait, put my body and my weight against him, tire him out, and it'll be the same result. So if okay. he's at a status quo and, and Deontay knows, oh, I got to be lighter. I got to be moved. I, you know, I got to be able to move and get out in and out. But, but to attack, you know, psychologically, he may have, you know, an advantage – not of, of against Tyson, but against the version that fought Tyson in the second fight, and that I feel better, I have a good camp, it's all been positive, my biceps fine. He has no excuses now coming into this. So, so psychologically, that might, that might be an advantage to him that 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 he didn't have in the second fight. Got you. Okay, and Ernie, you know, just a prick your brain, man. Uh, if you know, you're you're. It seems like your favorite. You know, you. You want Wilder to win, you know. You're 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 a Wilder guy. The way I'm getting it, um, you think the break's gonna help him? Um, if he were to knock him out, or you know, it goes to decision and Wilder does win, um, do you want to see a fourth fight? Is it over the third fight? Like, what what's your take on that? Like, you want to see a fourth fight, or do you think the third fight ends it no matter what? What's your I take think on that? I would rather see it end at three, even if Deontay wins, because you've got. One guy out there who who can make mega matches, and that's Anthony Joshua. And and for for them to go to a fourth fight means that Joshua has to be put off again. And I don't want to see that happen. I'd rather see uh, uh, Joshua unification. Yeah, I want to see Joshua in the mix of of the other two guys. You know, and then you want to you want an undisputed champion. You want because Joshua holds three. uh, The Wilder and uh, Wilder and Fury holds one. So I get what you mean. You want the undisputed guy. But go ahead. Yeah, and more so than that, just to be able to see the fights, you know, to see AJ in the mix of the, you know, because if there's three, if there's the big three, which is Fury, Wilder, and, and Joshua, you know, Fury and Wilder have already fought three times, whereas Joshua hasn't fought any of those guys yet. I would True. rather him, I want to see him in the mix simply because I, I want to see the big three fight each other at least once. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's good for boxing that these guys get to actually fight each other you know, without having to, you know, to, you know, go through, you know, long negotiations or waiting, waiting periods, you know, if they, if, you know, win, lose or draw for Deontay, if, if the third fight culminates in, in him winning, 
I'd like to see him just make, make you know make a Joshua fight happen. If not, maybe Andy Ruiz since they're both PBC fighters. You know, okay. and, and 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 I want to see all these guys mixed it up. You know, and and being tied to one fighter for four fights, I think it takes away from from all the other matchups that could be that could be happening. Not like that. Like it makes sense because all these guys are at their prime necessarily. So it makes sense. Yep. You don't want you don't want like I, I get what you mean because if you keep if we get a four fight with uh with uh Fury Wilder, it just delays another year with Josh where he gets older, he might take more punishment. You know the whole. The whole, uh, I guess, politics, the whole nonsense starts coming into boxing. And then I get what you mean. Like, it's time to get the matchups when they're in the prime, when they're yep. at their best. Yeah. We don't want no excuses later down the line, you know, because it's always an excuse. Yeah. But, um, exactly. I don't want, yeah, I don't want any reason, any conspiracy. I, I want these guys to fight each other while they're still in their primes, while they still have, uh, it still has meaning and, 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 you know, significance, you know, otherwise. If, if it happens later down the line, people are say, oh, you fought Tyson when he was old or, yep. or you fought Wilder when he was dinged up. You know, yep. I don't want I don't want excuses coming out of that. I, I'd rather just, you know, strike while the iron's hot and, and get these fights done and accomplished. And so that way we could say, hey, this era of heavyweights wasn't bad after all. No, absolutely. And uh, I love that you brought up AJ because um, that's the fight I would want. Um, you know, we're in quarantine right now and. Um, you know, we, we, all the all the fights are getting postponed or getting you know pushed for a later date. But um, if I could see a bright side in this, I would uh, I want to see AJ Fury. I just want an undisputed champion. I want at, at one something at heavyweight. I, you know, it's funny we say one something because it's the norm. You know, one forty seven, one fifty four, one sixty, one seventy five. But no, I'm 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 with you. I definitely want to see. I think AJ deserves. You know, he has like a whole nation, a whole country. You know, the you know on his corner. Um, he had the great, you know, you know, he got knocked, he got knocked out, got stopped in the first fight with Ruiz. You know, he, he, he made a great adjustment. He looked amazing in the second fight, regardless if Ruiz wasn't ready or not. I'm not going to take anything away from AJ. He looked incredible in the second fight. You know, and I'm with you. I think he deserves a big fight, you know, a huge fight with a credible opponent. And I would love to see Fury and AJ, you know, I think, you know, and and, go ahead. I think he he deserves to belong in the mix. I mean, whether he's deserving of a big fight, big fights happen with or without those two names. I mean, the name Anthony Joshua, you know, evokes big fights. I mean, he, he could fight Dillian White again and it'd be a huge fight. Uh, Who was he going to fight in the, he was going to fight Pull Up, right? Pull Up in June? Uh, I, I, yeah, he was supposed to fight him June 20th. He was supposed I, to I'm, fight him, but yeah, it's canceled now, but he was yeah. supposed to fight Pull Up. And of course, that was, that was supposed to be what, 100, 100K at that yeah. stadium? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, so big fights follow Anthony Joshua. Now, my difference is I, I want to see him in the mix with the with the top three, which is you know Wilder, Fury, and, and AJ. So because that way there there leaves no doubt that that way there's no questions. You can move on. You, we can go on to the next uh, 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 matchups and and so forth. So I mean, for me, I, I mean, just you want bring to it up, Bernie, and you bring it up, man. So I mean, it's your fault. You bring these guys up. Now I got to ask you who who uh. You know, you, you. I see that you like AJ a lot. You know, you respect them as a champion. Respect them. Who yes, do sir. you? Uh, yeah. Who do you? Uh, you know, I. I seems like you want both the fights. You want the Fury, Fury versus AJ. You want Fury versus. Uh, you want AJ versus Wilder. You want all three guys to fight. But my yes. my question is, if AJ, um, AJ fights Fury and AJ fights Wilder, uh, what's your take on? You know, just a quick. You know, who do you favor in those fights? 
Uh, I would favor Fury against Joshua. Okay. Uh, I think you know he could he could do kind of the blueprint that that he did against Wilder, and that he he diminished you know the main tools for for uh, AJ um, against Wilder. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it depends on uh, if whether or not Deontay, you know, is more of the first fight or more of the second fight from Fury. It, it, you know, he's got that big eraser and he's got, you know, he's almost like, like a wild card of the three because, you know, I'm sure, you know, technically I'm sure Joshua and Fury are better, you know, technically, but yeah. Can either one of them withstand, you know, what did he throw at them? I don't know. I mean, he, you know, Fury did it and eventually stopped him. You know, can AJ do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I would favor, I would think the betting favorite would be Joshua, but I wouldn't discount against, Wilder. Against, when, uh, against who? Wilder. Against who? Wilder. Okay. Yeah, he'd be, I'm pretty sure he'd be the betting favorite, you know, but I, I, would I, would I, Dismiss Wilder as having no shot? No, not at all. I, I think uh, no, and I'm with you on that one. Uh, you know, when it comes to Wilder, you know, like you said, his right hand and and even his left, but obviously his right is his main arsenal. Uh, you can't never count him out. You know, regardless of what happened, and that's what I think is so. That's why I love this sport, Ernie, um, because just like that, like just before, you know, they fought. You know, uh, what uh, Wilder and Fury two was in January, right? Yeah, the, the second fight. Yeah. Uh, just before that, you know, Wilder was like, was they were comparing him to the greatest heavyweight of all time. You know, like they were saying he could knock out, you know, and I know you're not going to believe this, but you know the guys out there, he can knock out Ali, he can knock out Foreman, he can knock out Tyson, he can knock out everybody, you know. And I know um, a guy, you know, which, which you're, you've been, you, you've seen them all, like, you know, and that's why, like, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit younger than you. Uh, well, much probably a little. I'm, I'm giving you too much credit, but you know, I'm 31, and you've seen it more. You've seen the Tyson. I got I when I seen Tyson, I called the late Tyson. You know, like when I remember, I, obviously I go on YouTube and I get to watch the old, you, you know, the old Tyson flicks, his old fights. But you got to witness witness that live. You know, you got to see like Hagler, Hearns, like those guys. That's why I guess when when I do my takes, people kind of go crazy on me. Like Mark, you're crazy, you're trolling. <laughs> you know, it's just what. I mean, you gotta you gotta get what I'm saying. I'm 31 years old. Like, yes, I do watch the old fights, but I give a lot of credit to the guys in my era. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and I, I mean, do, it's, and I do it's human nature, though. I mean, I don't necessarily yeah. fault people for. I mean, I think today, you know, I, I did actually go after this guy. This guy picked um, AJ over Larry Holmes. The Larry Holmes. Yeah, the Larry that, Holmes. That, no, 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 that one was bad. That, go ahead. That's a little yeah, silly, but yeah. I don't necessarily fault people for picking what they see. I, I don't at all. You know, I, and I also don't think I don't fault people for saying, "Well, today's fighter is different from past eras." And you're right, they are. But I also think that uh, I think the past fighters, since they didn't have the physical abilities that some of these newer fighters have, had to rely yeah. out on being more skilled, uh, more polished, more ready for for you know, and stay in the gyms a lot longer. So what they, what certain you know, what younger fans think is an advantage may actually be a disadvantage in that. If they're physically more imposing than than fighters of, of, of a different era, what's to say that the, the skill set doesn't necessarily match because there's a reliance on the physical ability that you've possessed. Uh, case in yeah. point, I, 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 you know, who's to say that, you know, 
a, a skillfully talented fighter like like Ryan Garcia, you know, is, is better than I don't know whatever lightweight fighter you can think. Of, you know, simply based on the physical ability of Ryan Garcia. You know, it, yeah. it, now I will say this: you know, under Eddie Reynoso, he's he's really starting to come into his own. He's starting to Big develop time. a skill set that that yeah. that is going to match his physical ability. Yeah, but you know, to get a young Ryan who who really largely relied on his fast hands and, and his knockout ability, you know, get that version of Ryan, and and or or do you get someone who who back you know in an era or two ago relied on his physical, you know, his his skill set? You know, that's a tough fight. You know, but you know, it, it I think it's not wrong to to sit there and 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 favor the guys that you've seen. It, it's perfectly normal. You know, yeah, I, I just think that that to be dismissive of every fighter, and and the old guys do it too. The old timers do it. You know, they'll sit there and and, and put out a guy. I I feel those wouldn't win against a, a younger, you know, a newer generation fighter, and I just laugh simply because they don't want to to admit that this era, you know, this generation fighter is actually pretty damn good. You know, and, and yeah, it's hard for them to 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 sit there and say, well, when I, you know, to to pick against the fighter that they grew up watching, you know, and, and, and it, it, you know, there's, there's that, that hesitance of, of admitting that maybe a fighter of this generation is better than a fighter that they watched growing up. You know, it's tough. And that's kind of what the whole, like, you know, when, when I, when I, when I tweet, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I embrace it, you know, I, I, I definitely, like I said, and I, I embrace the guys, you know, a lot of guys are older than me or younger than me, but like I, I try to stand when it comes to when it comes to just any sport in general, but in boxing especially, I try to not favor, but I give the guys in my ever chances, um, and that's the only thing. Like people might think is, you know, I don't call. I hate when guys call a fighter a bum, and uh, I got that out of my vocabulary a long time ago. Yes, uh, I forgot who told me that, but you know, shouldn't call a guy a bum because if you're getting into the ring and fighting for a living, you're not a bum. You know, you, you're getting respect you know i know we joke around we call guys uber drivers we call guys you know you know you know wh whatever the f but i try to get the whole bum because like, at the end of the day i don't have me personally you know i show my face on twitter it's me uh but i would never get in the ring like i don't have the you know what i'm saying i respect guys getting the ring i couldn't never do that like you know i couldn't i love to i love to criticize critique i love to judge i love to score but getting into the ring, you know, I, I respect those guys. Like, I don't I've have sparred. It's not fun. to get in. You, you get know? your ass kicked. I've sparred. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you get my, I'm going to get my ass kicked freaking in a heartbeat. So, again, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, my whole thing is, like I said, I, I don't disrespect the guys that came before me. You know what I'm saying? Or or coming after me. But, like, guys that I, I got to watch. Like, you know, I'm going to bring up, you know, now we're talking about it now. You know, it's kind of like the whole LeBron and Jordan. I don't disrespect Jordan, even because Jordan was even Jordan. He came into the league what eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, I was I wasn't born yet. I was born eighty eight. So when I got into like basketball, it was like late ninety eight, ninety nine, when he already won his six rings. You know, I, I do remember watching the Utah Jazz series, but I wasn't very like I didn't understand the game. So yeah. I'm a little I'm a little like not guess biased. I don't try you know it, it might be a little biased too, but I'm a little bit more biased to LeBron because. I saw his whole career. I saw him get drafted on mm -hmm. draft night. I was still like in elementary school, like sixth or seventh grade. And I saw his whole, his whole, uh, his whole, what, 17 years he's done. You know, I saw yep. the entire run. I saw him get drafted by Cleveland and I seen him go to Miami and I seen him go back to Cleveland 
and I go to L.A., and I see it all. I see him lose. I see him get swept. I see him get his first ring. I see him, you know, coming to the league as a skinny skinny dude and becoming a grown man. So I, I'm a little biased in a sense that I got to see his whole career. Yeah. And what I've seen, I've seen greatness. You know, I've seen him be so good for so long. So maybe it is a little biased, but I'm not disrespecting Jordan. Like, I'm not saying he's a bum. But what I see of LeBron, I'm like, wow, it amazes me. I'm still – he's like, you know, he's, he's grown now. He's like, what, 33, 34? Yeah. Oh, 35. Uh, I can't quote me on that, but he's older and he's still doing the same thing he was doing when he was 18 years old. And that's that's all about me. It's about consistency. You know, if you're consistent yeah. enough, that's all that really matters. Yeah. I you mean, know? and I, I see that too. I, I understand why people, you know, hold on to their generations. But I also think that, you know, in, you know, with today's, I guess, technology and physical advancements as far as strength and conditioning. You know, what's to say that that Michael Jordan come to this era with the ability and the skill set that he has, plus now the strength and conditioning, the 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 technology that's advanced, you know, since then and become even better than what he was. You know, it, it, it's possible. You know, some of these guys, you know, they don't have they didn't have the 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 tools that say LeBron has in this era that that Jordan had back then you know you were basically on a treadmill or a bicycle and you know you lifted weights and and you ran you know you know whereas now LeBron probably does a lot of high impact training some some you know some strength and conditioning you know all all the different techniques that they use nowadays you know weren't wasn't really necessarily privy to Jordan back in that day so it, you know it, it kind of just it's always going to be a big what if when, when you talk about different generations and different eras. And, and as long as there's a respect for each other's generation, then I think that's when good debate happens. When, when people are that's, too dismissive. Yeah. When people are too dismissive of one generation or another, then it becomes silly. And, and, and the point is it, it doesn't make any sense to argue about it simply because you've already set, you've already had defense mechanisms in place. And so you're going to shut it all down. So, Ernie, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. I mean, you know, we had the last dance this su- last Sunday. Well, this Sunday. Who's uh, – and I know you're an L.A. guy. You know, you're a Cali guy. Who's, uh-huh. who's your goal? Who's uh, LeBron? I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. You know, LeBron or, or Jordan? You know, who's, Kobe. who's your goal? Kobe. Kobe. Oh, wow. Kobe. Look Kobe. at that. Kobe. Kobe. Okay. Uh, I'm going to always say Kobe. Even if, even if I know Jordan's probably the best – Player to ever step on a hardwood court. I'm all my heart. And you've seen, always, and, I'm sorry you huh? and you've seen, and you've seen all three from the beginning of the career yeah. till, till now. So yeah. you know that's even better. But yeah. you say Kobe, and yes. the reason why Kobe out of dumb three. Uh, just what, what I've seen him do, what I've seen him pull off. You know, it it just you know it. There's a personal, you know, this one's personal bias. It's just a personal preference that that I've seen. You know what he's been able to do. Um, you know he, he's been able to do it with with Shaq. He's been able to do it with Powell. You know, so while you do need a good uh, guy to go to in the clutch, you know that you know like for every you know Jordan, there's a Pippen. You know he's he was able to do it with you know with two different guys. You know, and and that's something that that shows that he he can be compatible with 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 other players. Now I'm, I'm, you know, if if you put a gun to my head and say you really think Kobe's the better than Jordan, I'd probably say no. But he's always gonna be my he's always gonna be my goat. I don't care what he what. And, I'm, and that's why 
bro, that's why I love you, Ernie. And that's why I respect you because you even threw it off saying Kobe. And that's that's how it should be, man. Like, that's even better. Like, you're being real. You're being genuine. And then, you know, fuck that. Like, you like who you like, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to – that's why, you know, like, I try to stand, you know, stand line. Like, I like who I like. I, I get it. People are not going to like – you like Danny like, Garcia, like you for God's sake. Exactly, exactly. You know, well, I love Danny, bro. That's my guy. I know, <laughs> you know, L, I get I get beat up by L every day by it. You know what I'm saying? I get beat up by you guys on Twitter. But, you know, I like who I like. And, and you know, um, that's that's what it matters at the end of the day. We're, I used to like hate Danny. Like. I used to hate Danny. Now I like him. What's, I, the, I, what's, the, what's the hate? I mean, you brought him up. What's the, what's the hate on Danny? Why do you hate him? Why do you he hate was, him so much? He was what's cobbled that? pretty badly. I mean, to me. You know, he did you ever did you ever uh get to meet him like with your everlast journey or golden boy? Is it oh, yeah. any trend? Quite a few. Do you times. have any stories with because I, no, I know I know Danny started his Danny started his career with Golden Boy. Yeah. Uh you, you have any stories on like any early Danny Garcia stories? No, I mean up? I know you when when we when I used to do media, we used to do um the boxing lab, which is our radio show. Uh for one who asked uh, about the boxing lab. Lewis is working um, as an LAPD call center um, person. Uh, of course, you know what I'm doing. Uh, Ryan Burton works for, he still works for boxing scene and he's starting to do a little bit of uh, um, advising of fighters. Uh, Kimberly Lopez, who, who uh, did all our, our PR stuff. She's back in Houston, chilling, working in uh, Texas, uh, I think she works for the city as a. Fuck, I forgot what she does, but she's you know we all. And this is kinda... all. This is all the boxing lab crew, right? Yes, and then yeah. So shout out to uh, uh, Jesus, right? Uh, Jesus asked this question. Uh, the Jesus, okay, yeah, that's you know, yeah, yeah. So that's where we're all at. Um, we all made it. What's in... the, so? What's the? Uh, I know you're getting. I'm, I'm cutting you off because uh, no, no. that's one of the questions. I, that's one of the questions I wrote down. I wrote down all the questions uh, the guys wanted to ask you. And I'm glad you got into that. But uh, yeah, Jesus asks, uh, "Where's the boxing lab crew? What, what's going on? Like, it's an update. Yeah. Given the update, but uh, is there is it coming back? It's no. What's, what's the update on that? We don't do. No? We no. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, it, it. I think we were before our time. Uh, I I think we. You know, when you know before podcasts and and talk shows like this became really really prevalent in boxing, we did it. You know, we 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 had. Every guest you can imagine, short of I so think what, Floyd Mayweather, was probably the only one we couldn't get. We had Manny. So guys, so so uh, I don't have no idea when he sent that question. You know, I, you know, I uh, I have no. I'm, this is probably before my time. You know, respect yeah. to Jesus. Uh, what's you know, give a little. I guess what was what what was Boxing Lab? What, what was because I don't have no idea what what you know. The Boxing what, Lab what was a one hour talk show we did on Mondays. It was myself, Louis okay. Sandoval, Ryan Burton. Uh, we all worked for Boxing Scene. Um, in various capacities, and we we would have guests on every Monday, and we had probably the best guest list out of there, uh, period, bar okay. none, ever. Uh, we would have, I mean, at one point we had Fifty Cent on. Uh, wow. At one point we had, well, we had Gamboa, we had Fifty Cent, we had, oh fuck, we had Golovkin and Canelo and Manny Pacquiao. Like I said, the only person we couldn't get on air was Floyd. But wow, you, know, we you got, had the whole wow, yeah. wow, oh yeah, wow, I'm impressed. Go yeah, ahead. we, you know, it's it's our connects because Ryan's very connected, Lewis was very connected. Um, I'm, you know, I have my connects, so we managed to get a lot of fighters on. You know, a lot of them before they they started. 
um, but a lot of them also in their what prime. What was uh? Can you uh? Can you tell me a, an important? Uh, you know how long? How long did that show run? Like, do you remember? I want to say we did it for about two years, and then, you know, we as we grew, um, you know, the the ability to do the show became harder for us. You know, and and so, uh, at the time, I was transitioning out of boxing media and starting to work for Everlast more. Um, Ryan started, you know, becoming more of the lead, you know, guy for boxing scene. Um, so did Lewis, and Lewis started doing more and more. Uh, as far as fight hype is concerned, he started working for fight hype. He became their lead guy. Um, so their obligations became more towards their sites. And it, it just made sense for us to transition out. And I know people still ask for a podcast every once in a while. And, you know, it, it, we think about it sometimes. But at the time, you know, it, we had the ability to do so. Now I don't have any time. I mean, if I'm not working on Everlast, then I'm, I'm, I'm plotting Golden Boys. <laughs> Uh, uh, trying to transition everybody from from what they need to get to the fight week to to after the fight, you know things like that. So it, you know, I would say boxing consumes anywhere from even now during downtime, it still occupies about 35, 40 hours a week for me. When when we're when we're up and working, anywhere from fifty to sixty hours. Wow, wow. Yeah. So like you said, it's just it's uh. You would love to bring it back, but uh, it's just with so much work and, you know, you got two jobs, you got a family and yeah, yeah. people got all the obligations. It's, it's, it's not that you don't want to, it just becomes a little difficult. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why uh, I, don't, I don't mind doing guest spots like on your, your podcast. And, you know, I've, I did uh, one other one I forgot, but, um, you know, I don't mind getting guests for guys because, you know, I'm still pretty much connected. <clears throat> I managed to get to P-Wheel. Paul Williams. Yeah. So I'll be, Yo, I'm, okay. I'm going to set up an interview for, for a friend of mine for Paul Williams. You know, it's just, you know, just all the connects I, I have at the time. I don't mind sharing them. Uh, well, I don't mind put connecting the dots. I probably won't give you the number because it's just, you know, just out of respect. You got to put I, I it somewhere. You got to put it somewhere. Yeah. You know, you can't give it all the work. Yeah, well, no, it. it's not just that. It's just out of respect for the person who gave it to me at the time. They probably trust me. Hey, here's my number. Call me anytime. For me to pass it on to someone without them knowing would be kind of disrespectful. So, you no, know, if they, you. if they said, hey, bro, you know, just, yeah, go ahead and give them my number, then I, all means I would. Yeah. But if say, hey, yeah, no, I'll just go through you, then I'll just say, hey, you know what, here's the connect. Go ahead and call them at this time, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, but I don't mind sharing my knowledge, my connects, uh, my time, you know, towards anybody who's, who's, you know, really wants to make an effort at this sport. It's, it's really not easy. You don't make much money, if any. Um, you know, the, the, it's like, um, it's like you're a prospect in boxing. You don't make any money until you become a contender and you really yeah. don't make any good money until you become a, a champion. And, and, you know, that's kind of the steps along the line. You're going to start off as a prospect. And, and if you're really good, people will take notice and start vibing to you and paying attention to you as you grow you become a contender. You become one of the recognized places to go to for, for talking boxing. And if you really become gotcha. good, then you start making a profit out of it. You start making good money out of it. You start making almost a living out of it. You know, and, and, and you know, if your hustle's right, you're, you're, you're going to shine and succeed. And, you know, so far you've been off to a good start. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Oh, no man. And like I said, man, it's just, it, it's just like I said, and I, I, you know, I, I that's why I'm glad you're on the show, man. You know, and probably you guys probably heard like four or five times, and I'm like, but it's just 
like I said, Ernie, like, you know, um, I know you, you emphasize it. And I, and I, I'm one of the guys that I, I, when you tweet out, I listen, to, I, I read your tweets, you know, and I take it, I guess I take it as a, as a big, as a big brother looking out for little brother. Yes, and sir. You're in the business longer. And, and, um, and like I said, like, it's, 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 you're, you're just trying to gravitate. If you want to, you're type of guy, if, if you want to listen, if you want to, I, I can show you the tools, but you got to listen, you know? Yeah. And what I learned from you, especially uh, what I, what I, what I'm learning from you and I'm still learning from you is that there's not a lot of friends in this boxing world. No. Uh, so the, the, the friends you do make, and I consider you a friend, uh, it's important. Uh, this like, you know, because, you know, in, especially in this business, it's like, let's just be real. It's very dirty. It's very, you know, guys will pretend to be your friend and, and backstab you. And I'm not trying to scare people, but it's just the reality of it. You know, it's yeah. just what it is. And like, and well, I won't, talk to, resource. I won't talk negative to, negatively about the people in the sport. I've met some really great guys. Yeah, I've, I've met a few bad ones, but I don't necessarily. I mean, the perception that this sport is dirty or that it, it it's really backstabbing. Yeah, it comes up from time to time. But I think overall, if you find your set of people that that you trust and believe in, uh, I think the sport can be navigated wonderfully. And you you find a good, you know, good set of connects, you hold on to them, you trust them, they become your advisors, they become your mentors. You know, my mentors, you know, going through this were uh, Antonio Margarito's manager, Sergio Diaz. Um, uh, Steve Kim, Doug Fisher, you know, they, they took me under their wing. Uh, Tom Gerbasi, one of the senior writers at Max Boxing at the time and now does uh, UFC writing. Um, and, of course, my biggest mentor and the guy that I now proudly work alongside with is Robert Diaz. You know, he he really believed in me. He knew that that I had a passion for the sport and he, he gave me the opportunity at Everlast and he gave me the opportunity at Golden Boy. And, and you find sets of people that you can trust in the sport. You know, you don't mind sharing information with them. You don't mind them sharing information with you. You know, it, it, it it's not hard to find good people. So it, but it's easier to find bad people. Let's just put it that way. It, yeah. It's it's not hard to Got find it. good people. But it's just easier to find bad people. And you can tell right away if, if you know, if, if I'm telling, if I've seen a guy, a manager goes, ah, oh, man, I got the hottest prospects, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. So who do you got? Oh, I can't tell you. Like, yeah. well, why are you telling me this if you can't tell me who these are? You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, you see, you can tell from a mile away who's genuine and who's actually trying to angle you. And, and, and you know, as time grows, you'll see. You'll, you, you'll definitely see it. You'll definitely gotcha. get a vibe and a feel. But the, the people that you, uh, you, 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 you believe in or you trust, hold on to them because uh, – their loyalty um, given to you without necessarily them trusting you yet is, yeah. is, is invaluable because then you see that loyalty and, and trust necessarily doesn't need to, to, to have to come in automatically. You earn it, you gain it. And once they give you a shot, yeah. if you show them your loyalty and your trust, back at them then then it grows and then you start becoming more of a factor for them you become their go-to guy so like say for example you befriend you you had joshua greer on like my, my guy you know and and if you yeah. had a great interview he felt comfortable very he'll, he'll be one of the very first, good you'll be one good of the first dude. people very you good go dude, to by the way huh no very good dude by the way yeah. uh you know he's uh you know you brought him up uh i met him at the uh when he um he was in the undercard of uh shakur yep his uh Right before the fight, he became uh, 
the number one contender. Yep. Uh, he fought uh, Nikolai. He fought the uh, the Nikolai guy, and yep. guys thought he uh, he had a draw. People thought he lost, and um, you know, um, it's crazy. Uh, you know, you bring up gear. Uh, I met him at a diner. I forget what diner. It was in Jersey, and I was at the diner with friends. And I'm um, going to the bathroom, and I see gear. I see, I see gear right there in the diner. I see him with his, I guess his, you know, his, uh, his crew, his, uh, his girlfriend, his wife at the time was friends. You know where it was, and I noticed him, and I just like, you know, and I, I, you know, as a fan, I woke up to him. I'm like, yo, gear, you know what's up? You know, you know, um, I, I was at your fight. You know, I'm a big fan. I was been, uh, you know, I've seen you in Showbox. You know, I love your persona, the whole. You know the good night. You know, don't blink. The whole, the whole pillow. The whole, don't blink. Yeah, exactly. Don't blink. The whole, you know, the whole persona. I think it's, he's trolling, but he's he's not really trolling, but is is having fun with it. Yeah. And I'm like, he's you know, confident in his ability. He's very confident. He very said that in my interview. Exactly. He said that in, he's very confident in his ability. And thank you for taking that. He said that in, his, in an interview. Um, and we 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 uh we got a friendship. You know, that night he uh I was you know I told him you know I I support you. You didn't lose this fight. It was it was it was a tough fight. But uh, you're gonna get better, you know. It was, it was you're gonna get better, and it was just a good conversation, you know. Uh, he uh, he told me to follow him on Twitter, and we kind of built a friendship on that. Yep. So we're really good. I would consider I would consider him a friend, you know. People would say, "Oh, he's you don't know him," but he's a friend. Like when I reached out to him, he was one of the guys who was very supportive of the podcast. He's like, of course, anytime, anywhere, See, like you know, like kind of like you. That's the trust that you, you know? have to develop with these guys. It, it, that's exactly. the, that's kind of the steps that you take. Is that once they feel comfortable with you they're going to be one of the first guys that he goes to with any information. You know, exactly. You know, and he's always, and, and, and that's because you are Ernie, but uh, even before the Maloney fight, he was giving me the four one one, like giving me secrets, like, yo, stand by like Las Vegas. Like, we're, like he was give, like you said it, he built that trust. Like he knew I was never going to leak that. Or, yeah. you know, the people say the sources, sources say I was, I don't feel, you know, I respect him as a, for him just texting me there or DMing me that, yo, stand by this fight. This was going to happen. Like, he'd have to do that, you know? And, like, that's kind of, like, where we at now. Like, I, like I said, he just – it's just a friendship that I support him. Like, I told him, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours, you know, I, I but also write as, you know, for a living – you know, for, for you know, as a, as a fan, I'm doing this podcast. And he's, all, he's always been supportive about it. Like, you know, whenever you need me on the show, whenever you need me, you know what I'm saying? Like, anything you need from me, he was always supportive. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, like – like you said, it's important to build that trust with these guys, you know? Yep, it, it is. And, and you know, he's a great guy. Uh, Joshua Greer, uh, our common denominator once, well, one that he works with, you know, he works with me at Everlast, but we got to know each other and became close because he grew up with Ed Brown and Ed Brown was, was a fighter I worked with um, back when he started his career. Uh, Emily Pandelakis, I, I don't want to mess up her name, but um, she actually, you know, directed Ed towards me and you know, we developed a good bond and, and sadly he was shot and killed. And, you know, it still affects yeah. me and Joshua to this day, you know, and, and we always put long live Ed Brown, you know, you know, long live bad boy, because that was his nickname, you know, and, and yeah. he's determined to, to, to get that title to that Ed Brown should have had by now, you know, Ed Brown was one of yeah, those, no, he's, yeah. one of those welterweight prospects was you can't miss. And unfortunately, you know, he had, you know, ran into the, it was a you know ran into the wrong side of of, of uh, happenstance and got shot and ultimately passed. Yeah, and that's so. Yeah, no. So we always have that bond. I reach out to him every once in a while, to, you know, asking him how he's doing. We actually reach out with so I do it almost every day with Golden Boy and Everlast. To, you know, reach out to people. Hey, you guys good? You know, and most of them are like me, just staying home with nothing to do other than to work out and 
you know, pass the time and hope that and stay, you know, and stay positive. Yeah, stay, stay positive. positive. You have to. I mean, it's tough, but you know, you have to. No, I hear you though, uh, Ernie. Um, but you mentioned uh, you know, some good stuff. But you mentioned the whole uh, you mentioned scouting of uh, I know Clay Clay Stevenson had a good question. He wanted to know what uh, you know. You being in Golden Boy now, mm-hmm. is there any any fighters? Yeah. Any, I mean, like you said, you're in media relations. What any 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 up and coming like scouting? He said scouting of any fighters. Well, that's, is there any that's fighters kinda, you should look out for? Yeah. Well, okay. There's there's um, you know, that's kind of the the secondary part of my job. You know that Eric, you know Eric Gomez, the president, said, hey, you know, uh, you know, if you're in the gyms, you see someone, let us know if you know, especially if they're not signed, or, you know, if there's someone that you have your eye on. So, you know, I do that. I actually will we'll report back to them. I show them video of, of the fighter. Uh, I'll show them, you know, whatever, you know, what their pro record is or if they're amateurs, what their, you know, how, you know, what their amateur background is and stuff like that. You know, a lot of the focus was on the Olympians. You know, unfortunately, the, the Olympics was canceled or pushed towards, you know, 2021. But a lot of yeah. focus was on the Olympics. There was some kids, Anthony Herrera, uh, David Navarro, uh, just a bunch of kids that, you know, that are out there. You know, some of the kids, too, that, that, you know, fell, you know, just short, you know, that's someone that you got to look at. You know, there's there's guys all over the place. I mean, it, that's that's kind of the cool thing about, you know, this job and what I love so much is that I've already been doing it. I go to the gyms. I, I go to all the L.A. gyms. Uh, I'll go as far north as Ox, uh, Oxnard, far south as San Diego. You know, I, I you know, if I find a fighter, you know. I'll, I'll sit there and, and scout them, see if they have any promoter, if they don't have a promoter, you know, who their manager is. Just go down the line and make sure that, they, you know, if, if it's something that I think is a good pre- presentation to either Everlast or, or Golden Boy, that I have all my, my checks and balances so that way I don't step on anybody's toes. And then begin the formal process of working together. You know, one of the the guys that, that – the, one of the – just before everything went in lockdown – uh, I, you know, I started working with the Murataya brothers over here in, 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 uh, LA two hot prospects just signed to top rank. I'm really excited to be working with them, you know, and, 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 but now it's kind of, we're on hold, but I always tell them, I said, look, I have, uh, nothing but, but big plans for you guys. Uh, one kid I've been working, you know, I've been trying to work with, and now I actually had the opportunity to just reach out this week is a PBC kid by the name of Omar Juarez. And, uh, Okay. Yeah, and he he actually I told him I said, "Hey, you ever, you know, I, you know, he he reached out for some shoes and I said, "Okay, I'll send you some shoes. You ever think about fighting in our glove?" He goes, "Ah, you know what? I feel comfortable in this glove, but if, if I change my mind, I'll let you know." You know, and and I I you know, I dismissed it. I was like, "Okay, he's going to fight in whatever glove. That's fine." So this week he goes, "Hey, are you still interested in in me switching switching up?" I said, "Hell yeah. And he's a great kid, good-looking kid." Uh contributes a lot to his community is ideal you know so it, i'm always scouting i'm always looking for guys that, you know that that uh you know could fit both everlasting golden boy the two kids we just signed prior to uh uh our lockdown uh, these two hawaiian kids asa stevens and, and dallas kalepo you know they're, okay. they're out of hawaii very very you know storied amateur careers for both i'm excited and about they're both twins? Of them. you know and, and they're twins no, they're they're from the island of Hawaii. Uh, manager okay. Tim Newhouse uh, uh, signed them. 
and brought them to us. And I'm actually really excited for both. And, and they were supposed to fight. Well, Dallas was supposed to fight on the Virgil Ortiz card, and unfortunately, we canceled that. So I just kept it. I said, "Hey, keep your hopes up. You know, just keep your chin up. You know, once this once this uh, all gets done, be ready." You know, that's one thing I, I'll yeah. tell the fighters out there if they're listening to your podcast. When this is all said and done, if you're not ready to go within four weeks, you're going to be take, you're going to get swept over for someone else who is ready. So, you know, the only thing I could say about this whole quarantine thing is, you know, we just it's a bunch of wait and see, but doesn't necessarily mean that you can sit there and do nothing. If you're a fighter, get ready. If you're if you and uh, promoter, not to cut you off, Ernie. Huh? Uh, no. Let's get you off, Ernie. But uh, the two guys, I uh, you know, I had gear and I had David Benavides. I had a quick interview uh-huh. from a drop tonight after this uh, show. The guys listening, but uh, I interviewed Gear and I, and I interviewed Benavides, and uh, both guys, you know, they're they're young, they're they're young guys, twenty three years old, yep. twenty four years old. Um, when I interview uh, David Benavides, he was actually in the gym. So, yep. like you said, uh, Benavides was at the gym, and Gear. Same thing. The both guys, both guys, and I respect, and that's why I love like the two guys I interviewed already. Was it was such an easy, such a, I felt like I felt like I'm talking to a friend, like Benavides and Gear. They were so yep. genuine and uh, real about it. You should get it. You should like, get. Like you said for, you should get David's uh, uh, dad on. He's a great interview too. Oh, okay. It's funny because when I called, because uh, uh, Emily, shout out to Emily. She uh, Emily Boxing. She hooked up the interview, but. uh uh, I think I have his number, but uh, when I called the number, uh, David, uh, David picked up. That's good. Um, but what I was trying to say is that uh, David and Gear, uh, both guys, I, uh, I, you know, I asked them about the quarantine, and I asked them, you know, you know, we might not get a full camp, we not might not get the full, you know, you mentioned the four weeks. Yep. And uh, you know, and normally it's eight weeks. Yep. You know, but uh, both both David and Gear was like, yo, I'm ready to go tomorrow. Like, yep. so those guys are at the gym. Like, so like you said, what you're preaching, what you're saying is like. If you're not in the gym and you're not focused and you're not just in the gym and just training every day like it's like it's regular routine, then you're gonna you're gonna be left in the you're gonna be left behind. Yep. You know. So. Yep. But Gear and David Benavides, they said it. They're they're ready to go yep. tomorrow. Like if if Gear, if I told them, if Bob Aaron called Gear, if Al Heyman called uh, Benavides or Swanson called Benavides, um, and they're saying, hey, you know, fight. You know, you got to fight, you know, in, in four weeks. Th- those guys were ready. Those guys, they're at the gym right now. Like, they're, like you said, you know, things are going to change. Yep. And uh, it's going to move it's, quick. It's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be cut in the, like you said, it's usually eight weeks, but I love how you said four weeks. It's going to be cut. It's going to be cut in half. Yep. And, you know, it's, you know, like, you know, go ahead. But yeah, you're right. It's, if you're not in that four week or, you know, maybe if you're lucky, maybe six weeks if you're pushing it. But you're not in that four week, you know, branch. If you're not ready in four weeks, you're gonna be left behind. You're not, you're not gonna get the fights. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I just wanted to to, to say that to, uh, you know. But go ahead, Ernie. No, no, uh, you're right. Uh, ready fighters are gonna get fed. That's a, that's you the know, most and, simple uh, way I can say it. Ready fighters will get fed. You know. It, yeah. No. 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 And those guys emphasize it. They're ready. They're at the gym. They're ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, times are gonna be different. Like you know, everything. You know, we got to make up time now. So yep. that's the thing about, you know, like, you know, we're getting this break. This is, you know, it's, it's a break because we're not we're not we're not doing normal routine. We're not going to work. We're not going to gym, you know, and like guys, you know, like boxers, like, you know, we mentioned gear, Benavides or whoever, Canelo, you know, Wilder. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, you got to be at the gym. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Because now we got to make up 
for lost time. Yep. Like you said, the four weeks is going to be a norm for a for a year for for you know for a while you know and you know and you were for Golden Boy you know you know you're probably getting memos now like it's going to be once if they tell you Saturday night hey Monday we're back in business you know it's it's time to you know we got to get the fights now yep. you know what I'm saying yep uh, last thing that Eric said to us was you know. You know, when it comes, be ready. We got to we got to hit this ground running. I envision all of us being incredibly busy. And so I'm ready for that. I mean, it. you know, from every level, we have to be ready to go, ready to resume this and, and, and hit the ground running. And, you know, maybe not necessarily at, at, at the luxury we have, but, you know, we're going to have to make do with with what we're given and 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 make a viable product for, for our fans to out there to see, you know, it, it's, you know, these guys, you know, all these fans, all these boxing fans are thirsting for, for some live action. And, and you know, we want to be able to give it to them. We just, you know, got to wait for that time that they say we can start doing it. Got you. Ernie, um, you know, you were touching on base on these prospects coming up uh, and I appreciate you uh, giving some insight, but um, some guy that I, I kind of consider, He's not even a prospect anymore, but I wanted to touch. He's just golden boy. Um, do you uh, what's what's up with uh with with the flare with uh with the flare guy? Like what's 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 his whole what's what's Blair Blair Cobbs Blair the Flare Cobbs right? That's what he calls himself. Yes, sir. Yeah, what's I I like I know a lot of guys like you know my my boy J Ro who's to the show uh. You know, Jay was a big wrestling guy. I know, I'm not, I'm not, I know a lot of your wrestling guys. I know Ernie. You know, you're in boxing, but uh, you know, with boxing, you get a lot of you get a lot of wrestling fans. You get a lot of MMA fans. So I know Blair, Blair the Flair, kind of try to gravitate the wrestling fans because he goes with the whole Ric Flair persona, the whole woo. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The whole, you know, what's what's the deal with him? Talk to me about him. Like, I like I know his last fight. I think we were disappointed. We felt like. Maybe the spotlight was too much on him, or maybe he's not ready for that spotlight. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I mean, I'm a boxing fan first, but I do love wrestling. You know, I know Ric Flair is one of the greats, one of the legends of the WWE, WCW, or wrestling in general. And I know, you know, Blair respects that and takes that persona. But what's the deal with him? Like, it's what's, you know, I know he fights in a welterweight. I mean, I know welterweight's kind of harder to make a little, no a lot of noise because we have a lot of guys like, you know, you got Spets and Crawford, and you got Thurman. You know, you got Porter and Danny Garcia in the second tier, and then you got Virgil and Boots up and coming. So where does Blair, where does Blair fit in that welterweight division? I think he's, you know, I, you know, I think he's pleasantly, you know, in a position where, where I think he came as a surprise for people last year. Um, I think uh, a, a lot of people last year, you know, kind of saw him as uh, more, more more style than substance, but I think he, he surprised a lot of people, especially with the, the Ferdinand Corobian fight where, you know, he was, he was going against a guy who was, you know, a highly touted prospect out of Golden Boy and, and he defeated him, you know, and, and I think uh, that kind of elevated his status, you know, people became aware of him. Um, you know, he kind of take it. He's taking it under his wing. He's an all-action fighter. He he understands his role in this. He understands that you know, you know, for him to to kind of get, you know, not necessarily past guys, but kind of 
you know, attention on him a little bit more, you know, he has to show out his personality. Because I'll tell you this, I mean, his personality is literally that. He is Blair the Flair. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no faking this. He is literally Blair the, the Flair. Great guy. You know, if you get to know him a little bit, he's an actual really nice guy. You know, he's got, he's, he's just really, really assured of himself. And, and I do think uh, with the last fight, I think they recognize that I was talking to his manager, Malik. You know, I think they recognize that, you know, it wasn't the best performance, but it's something that they can build off of. And, and they are. They're starting to look at Blair now in a position where he's no longer just the kid that, you know, that everybody wants to come see because he does the, you know, the wrestling, you know, Ric Flair woo and all that stuff. He's now actually yeah. someone that we consider, you know, a bona fide prospect slash, you know, soon to be fringe contender you know, soon to be, you know, actual contender, you know, so, you know, the focus has changed for, for, for Blair. I think they're, you know, now that he's got the attention, I think eyes are on him and, you know, he's, he, he, I think he understood that. So I think now he's taking the proper measures to, to kind of back up what everybody thinks, you know, okay, if you're a contender, okay, you're going to have to start fighting like a contender. And I think he's taking the, the measure to do that. And I think uh, in his next fight, you're going to see a, 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 you know, a difference, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of the fans were saying, well, he gets knocked, he gets knocked down just about every fight. Well, I think he, he kind of went into that, the last fight with that mindset is like, okay, well, I, I need to be maybe a little bit more cautious. And maybe I think he stepped on the, you know, the, the cautious pedal a little too much, you know, and it kind of took away from what, what he's known for, which is, you know, really, you know, putting out a, a great performance and, you know, I think he even admits his performance was flat. So, so we're gonna see a change. No, it was. I know it, it, it was, and I, I felt like you know, uh, he 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 uh, you know, when you take a when you take on a persona like Ric Flair, and uh, it's gonna bring a lot of eyes on you. And like you said, he's been knocked down a lot of his fights, but you know, um, he might have learned from that in his last fight. But uh, he, I don't know. Like you said, his, he, he probably took a step back. He wasn't more. He wasn't as aggressive as his last fights because he doesn't want to get knocked down. Um, but my whole thing is like, what you know? I don't. I, I you know you know I know you're not his manager, but what do you see? Like, do you see him? Do you see a showdown with with Virgil and him happening in the future or like sooner than later? I think later. I don't think sooner than later. I I think uh, okay. So you think, uh, I think I'm not not to cut you off, but you think Virgil and and Flair have their own their own route. They all their, their own route. Yeah, right? I, I think it would be you know, and that's that's kind of the you know the brain trust of, of Eric Gomez and Robert Diaz. You know, I think each guy has has visions of what they they see their fighters, and I think with Virgil, I think considering the growth he's had and and kind of the fighters that he's fought. I mean, he went from. Herrera to Orozco to Brad Solomon and each one you know, showed him a you know kind of a different layer of fighting. Um, you know, Herrera had never been stopped, dropped, and he stopped him. Um, Orozco went tough rounds with with Jose Ramirez, and you know, yeah. he, you know Virgil blew him away. Um, Brad Solomon had never been stopped, never been dropped. He's, he's slick, provides good movement, and yet you know Virgil dominates. So I think Virgil. And and no slight to Blair at all, but I think Virgil's at a at, at a different apex than than Blair at this moment. Now, okay. give give Blair a chance to catch up to that. You know, I, I think we have a, a really great matchup down the road. 
but for now, gotcha. I think, you know, for Blair, you know, I think it's, it's necessary for him to, to kind of just take his time on this. You know, he just, you know, and, and, and figure out what, what, what's going to work for him. You know, I think as opposed to Virgil, you know, we, we, we want to put him in with the best fairly service, fairly soon, you know, if not, you know, next fight, you know, the fight after. And, and, you know, I think there's a confidence level with Virgil um, that, that, that kind of proves out to be the prodigy that he is. Now, doesn't mean that we're not confident with, with, with Blair at all. I think we have a lot of confidence in Blair. I just think that they're, they're on two different paths at the moment. No, I hear you. Um, Bernie, uh, now we, we're on Virgil. Uh, so he had, he had the Sammy Vargas fight scheduled for March, end of March. It got postponed, obviously. Uh, we don't know when that fight's going to uh, uh, happen. But um, let's just say, you know, he gets, he gets that fight. The fight gets done. He defeats him. What, uh, you know, being that you were a golden boy, is there any inside you can tell us with, like, what's – do you see Virgil, like, next year, this time next year, fighting a Keith Thurman – or uh, a Danny Garcia, or one hundred percent. I'll James. stop you right there. Thanks. I think okay. our 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 confidence in Virgil, uh, it it I think it 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 asks for the next step, and the the next step is is if not for a title shot, one of the big names out there that that you know in, in his way. At, at, I think the WBA is is has him ranked pretty high and whoever's in front of Virgil, I think that's who they want. You know, I think there's a confidence in in, in Virgil Ortiz that, that he's already at that level. He just needs to actually start, you know, fighting the guys at that level. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, Beck Demir, um, you know, some of the, the kids that, that are on the cusp of challenging, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Ronnie Rios, I think is in line for a title shot. Um, I, I think we'll we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Alexis Rocha is going to be in line soon enough. But specifically to Virgil, I, I think there's a confidence, you know, within the team, within Golden Boy, that that he can, you know, fight, beat, and become champion, you know, within I don't know a year's time, easy. I mean, uh, there was uh, an article that came out from Boxing Scene. Uh, think today, earlier today, that uh, and I respect. I mean, I'm not, and I and I and uh, I'm sorry, Ernie, I'm putting you on the spot with all these questions. No, it's fine. But uh, I'm gonna take advantage having a golden boy guy <laughs> on. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying. I'm take advantage. Uh, but he did drop a, he did drop an, uh, an article was dropped. I'm you know saying that uh, Virgil Ortiz doesn't think he's, he can beat Spence now, but maybe in a year. And I respect that coming from a young guy as Virgil. Like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a. Like, you know, with me, how how I become a fan, I'm weird. Like, when I I become a fan, like, I don't go by race. I don't go by color. I don't go by gang I, or uh, what's the, uh, if you're a PBC or promoter or you're Bob Aaron, you're Al Heyman, or you're, you're with a network. I become a, I become a fan of a fighter of what, you know, you show me in the ring. And uh, I, I, I'll be honest, when it comes to Virgil, I wasn't, I wasn't like necessarily a fan. But lately, more I think was when he moved up to 147, and the, just how he he just kind of embraced himself, saying, you know, I respect Spence, and then the whole the whole there was a there was a uh, podcast that dropped that Virgil was kind of like upset about, and he was saying, you know, you know Spence, like if you're gonna talk about me, don't you know keep my name out of your mouth. Was I wasn't really sure. I heard the podcast. 
Maybe Virgil took it some different way. Um, but I love the article that came out today from Boxing Scene saying that uh, he's not ready for Spence yet, but maybe in a year. And I respect that, like, because you know your limit. Like, obviously, you want to be confident. Like, you know, if I'm a fighter, like, you know, you think of Virgil, you think of Boots, you think of guys like that who are, like, the next big stars, Ryan Garcia, you know, Haney, uh, uh, Lopez. You know, obviously, you want to say, I'm going to beat – um, I'm gonna beat Tafim. I'm gonna beat Lomachenko. You know, Ryan Garcia is gonna say, "I'm gonna beat," you know, Tank Davis. You know, Boots is gonna say, "I'm gonna beat Bud Crawford." Uh, you know, and when Virgil said, "You know, I'm ready for for uh, for Thurman," he, I I would have sworn he said he was ready for Thurman, but whatever, it doesn't matter. But the article saying, you know, in a year he'll be ready for Spence, that excites me because he I I think he knows that he's just getting better. Uh. Do you see what I'm trying to ask is that do you see that fight happening next year? Do you see Virgil and Spence happening next year? No, um, next year, probably not. I, I, I really truly think that Earl Spence has got different fights on, uh, on, on the horizon for him. I, I really, you know, I've been on record as saying I think the, the Terrence Crawford fight does happen, happen sooner than later. Okay, uh, so I think you know, dance partners for Earl Spence are gonna going to be you know already in line i you know i i wouldn't rule out him fighting manny pacquiao you know so i think okay. i think you know i think somewhere down the line yeah i i really do think that fight should happen should be in texas should be in an all texas affair and and, and you know it'd be a mega matchup that we all you know expect it to be you know but for now i i, I think uh Earl's got different dance partners that that he can entertain and and you know nothing wrong with that you know it's it, you know he he he's advanced his career he's a 2000 what 12 Olympian so he's got yeah. some years on 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 Virgil not to say that that fight don't happen I really do think down the line it does but I I, I think um, Earl's big game hunting and 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 I don't think he wants to to hesitate anymore in getting these fights done, you know, and I, I really think that once he gets, you know, the fights that he's clamoring for, the, the Terrence Crawfords, maybe the Manny Pacquiao, then maybe, you know, down the road, you know, once we, you know, uh, see uh, Virgil become champ, see him grow as far as, you know, becoming a, 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 a you know, an all-around star, then I think that fight makes more sense because now, you have the Battle of Texas between, you know, two of the best welterweights in the world, maybe the two, you know, probably the two best welterweights in the world. And, and you know, now it becomes a mega fight that uh, can't miss fight, uh, uh, a fight that, that fans want to see in the same way that they want to see Spence versus Crawford. Got you. Um, Ernie, uh, how, I mean, you know, Virgil started his career at 140. I know you don't want to speak for him. I know – but you know, being around him, what how, what what do you see his ceiling? Like what what weight? Like you know, seeing that you saw him start at one forty, he's at one forty seven now. Mm -hmm. What uh do you see as like one sixty his cutoff point? One sixty eight, one fifty four. I I think um if you if you've actually ever met Virgil, you'll see that that he's no longer the skinny you know young boy that signed to Golden Boy. He's he's now starting to develop. I mean. I, Last time I went to go take uh, the guitars from one of his favorite bands of Mice and Men, uh, Phil Montanala, I, I took him to go see Virgil in camp. And the one thing that I, I came away with was how much his, his back has grown. It's, it's wide. 
it's, it looks he's looked more and more like he's developing his hand strength. So uh, with with time, you know, not necessarily, you know, he he's the epitome of outgrowing a division, not because he can't make it, you know, or doesn't want to make the effort to make weight. I think he's really going to outgrow. He outgrew 140. I mean, he really did outgrow 140. You could tell that with strength and conditioning, he started developing more of a, a an adult physique. And it was just a matter of time for him to transition to 147. I think that, you know, I think he can stay there for, for a couple of years, but I think eventually he will move up to 54. And eventually he, he can move up to 60. Now, depends on how much, you know, how, how much more weight he can uh, safely add to his body. Maybe we see him past 160. But I think if, if I'm, I'm a betting man, maybe 160 is, is where he stays for, for the majority of his career. Got you, Ernie. Um, damn, Ernie, so much, uh, so much insight, man. I really appreciate this. Oh, uh, no problem. Uh, you uh, just want to transition, uh, because you know there's no boxing on, you know, you know, uh, there's no fights, but it's still guys going at it on Twitter. <laughs> and you mentioned an important. Uh, I don't pay attention to that anymore. More. No, I know, I know, I know. That's kind of yeah, you know, your past. That's past your prime. You know, you kind of let let that. You know, you let that drama for us young folks. But uh, you know, uh, an important one, and you brought it up towards early in the call. Um, and I once, you know, just want to touch based on it. Um, you know, the David Haney comments. You know, uh, I think you know we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about it. You know, uh, he mentioned I didn't really, you know, when I when I, you know, me. I don't really watch a lot of interviews. I kind of I read a lot more than listen or like just watch videos. But that video did come up in my timeline, and um, what I've read from it, I'm not sure how hundred percent it is. But apparently, Haney and his father, right, were on a call with the whole that whole LBDC. I don't know what's the, the I don't know how you even say it, but they were on a call with one of those guys, apparently, right? Yeah. And uh, he mentioned, uh, I think, towards the end of the call or. During the call, he mentioned, uh, he said, towards Loma, I will never let a white boy beat me. Yeah. And uh, knowing Twitter, you know, Twitter allows to take one word and they went with the white word and they made it racial, you know. And I find it kind of funny. Not, you know, not funny because obviously race isn't funny because, you know, we deal with that every day. Let's just be honest. No matter what, you know, race is a part of our everyday life. As much as we want it or we don't want it, it's a part of it. I laughed in this. I what what when I mean that I laughed, I laughed that when he said it, he said, "I will never lose to a white boy." The first thing that thought up to my mind was Bernard Hopkins. That's what just came, just triggered me, you know. When he said when he told that to a Joe Calzaghe, and he said, "I will never lose to a white boy," and you know Bernard Hopkins was the man in the ring, but he also knew how to bring a crowd in. You know, he said it to Calzaghe. He said, "I'll never lose to a white boy." He also burned. Not, not burned, but he stepped on the uh, – I shouldn't say burned. But uh, he stepped on a Puerto Rican flag. You know, he dropped it. He was open to controversy. And obviously, that was that was back in the day, like eight years ago, ten years ago. When I, I'm not going to say things were allowed, but things weren't so harsh. Like now in this era, you can't even say fat. You know, I can't call you Ernie. I, if, I say, if I call you fat on this call, I say, Ernie, you're a fat guy. I might get reported for calling you fat. You know, like let's just be real. Like – Unfortunately, we live in an era that if I call you fat, you call me skinny. You know, it's just it's just taken the wrong way. Yep. Um, what's what's it like? Like I said, my take. I I didn't. I laughed at it. I in a sense that I knew what he was going. He was 
he was respecting, like he was going the Bernard Hawkins route, trying to start out controversy, just trying to bring up, just trying to just have eyes on him and just, just start up controversy, but not in a negative way. But of course, the people on Twitter, fans, you know, people all over the place took it as a negative aspect. Oh, he said white, he's black, he's uh, he shouldn't be saying that. Like I said, I personally did not take it racial. Um, what was your take on that? You know, what well, what what have I, go I ahead, don't yeah, think, go ahead, floor, I don't think Devin Haney is racist. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't think he's racist. I don't think he hates white people. Um, but I think his comment was racist in the turn and in, in, only in the sense that if the reverse was true and say Vasil Lomachenko sat there and said I would never lose to quote unquote a black boy well okay the, the fury that would evoke out of that would be you know very significant and he would have to you know can't, you know be called up to you know be, be questioned about the, the comments he made. You know, and, and, and only in that sense, you know, do I think Devin Haley's racist? No, not at all. I, I think he's a, you know, he's a really nice kid. Um, very nice kid. You know, yeah, but I think good, he's yeah. just really, you know, he got caught up in the moment. He, he thought it would be, you know, if he tried to evoke some kind of reaction. He got it. Um, yeah, exactly. He, you know, he, I'm sure his publicist or his promoter, I'm sure maybe Eddie Hearn said, hey, you know, that's kind of, you know, I get what you're going for and I got it. Don't worry about it. I know you're not racist, but a lot of people are going off on you for saying this. Can you kind of, you know, say something, you know, you don't have to apologize for if that's what you believe, that's cool. But can you say, Hey, it was kind of, you know, out of bad taste, you know, I, you know, I apologize for what, I, you know, saying that or whatever he said, cause I know he, he retracted a little bit, but yeah, he did. He did. But yeah. in the end, you know, is he racist? No. Is it a, a, a misinformed kind of quote? Yeah. I think it was just, it's bad taste. It, it 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 happens. He's a young kid. He'll make mistakes like this along the along the way. You know, I think every kid, you know, every every almost all the kids that we have on the horizon, you know, have have misstepped. You know, that's kind of that's the, kind of the precocious nature of, of having young champs. You know, having young stars on, on the horizon is that you're going to see now more so than in the past when social media wasn't as prevalent. You're going to see all these bumps and bruises and and, and you know all the scars that these guys are going to leave simply because it's available for us to see. You know, you're going to see, you know, a Ryan Garcia's private life. You're going to see a Tia Fimo's, um story, you know, with his family. You're going to see Devin Haney kind of make, you know, make off color comments. These are part of, you know, it's part of what back in the day we probably didn't really get enough notice simply because it wasn't available to us. Now it's available to us. So, so, you know, was it a mistake? Yeah. Was it was it cruel? Nah, I think he was just yeah. he was just out there talking trash, and and I think he went yeah. I think he went the wrong direction with it. He, he you know someone on his team probably told him hey this was the wrong direction for this, and and he, he changed it up. He said okay you know this was this wasn't I didn't you know, I just want to let you know I'm not racist. You know this isn't coming from a racist tone. It's just my my confidence in myself, and I get it. You know not, so not, so I think you know not overall, sure. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ernie. No, but not no, anything. But uh, uh, he, uh, Eddie Hearn, and uh, Eddie Hearn's been going live, and he had a he had a news conf. Well, not a news conference, but he had like a live call with uh Haney. Yeah. And everything you just said, he uh he did he they were on call today. Excuse me. And um, yeah, they were on call today, and they discussed that. Like Haney was on call with Eddie Hearn. It was a live call, and like you said, it was like 
It was the wrong. Unfortunately, like you said, I think it's just the era we live. Look, maybe or not, the way I see it, we live in an era that we gotta be like, like I said, Ernie. Like you know, if like right now, like obviously you're older than me, I'm younger than you, but like if I call you fat, you know, you're not. You're gonna bust my chops, like I'm all because you're skinny or you're, you're an idiot. But like, you can't say that now. Like, unfortunately, like we can say that. Let's just be real. Behind closed doors, like you know, if we're off the record, if we're at the bar, if we're hanging. If if Haney was at the bar, maybe they would take it differently because at the bar, it was like bar talk. You know, the way I took it, it was like bar. You know, you're you know when you're playing the game of Madden or FIFA online, you know, and I'm like, yo, bro, I'm not, I want to, I'm not losing to a Spanish kid or. A, or a Mexican kid. Like, it's not personal. It's just trash talk. It, like you said, it was just the wrong words. You know what I'm saying? It was the wrong time. And now when all eyes are, like, they're watching everything, you know, you got to be careful what you say. So I'm with you on that one. It's just the wrong time to say. But did, uh, I like that, uh, do you, uh, do you follow, do you follow any, uh, UK fighters? There was this fighter. Do you know, you know, Sonny Edwards? No. Okay, so Sonny Edwards, uh, he dropped, uh, he dropped, uh, he dropped a tweet. He's a, uh, he's a brother of the, um, he's he's, a, he's the brother of um, what's this guy's name that lost to uh, the champion now? Oh, uh, Martinez. Yeah, remember his brother? What was what was uh, his brother? Uh, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. So Charlie. So he's the younger brother. I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the younger brother of Charlie. So Sonny Edwards is a younger brother. So he has a Twitter, and when that whole thing happened, he mentioned, he tweeted, and I retweeted it because I thought it was funny. He mentioned, uh, he said, I will never lose to a Mexican boy, you know? And he got some lick for that. Like, but I thought it was funny because he was kind of trolling. He was trying to type, he was trying to take the shade off Haney, you know? Like, he was trying to be a friend. Like, because like, he was saying, like, it didn't make, like, we shouldn't bring race into it, you know what I'm saying? It's just more like, People make yeah, it more of a big agree. deal I mean, it to be. You know, you know it shouldn't be about the sad race. part about like, our sport is that it, it you know? is entrenched in racism and, and well, I won't say racism, but prejudice. You know, you are gonna have preferences towards you, you know, and it's uh, towards a certain color, race, nationality. You know, there is a preference. And whether we like it or not, it's there. And it, as long as you don't let it bias you or say derogatory things towards other people, then you know. That's fine, but the moment it, it dwells into shit talking back and forth based off a of race, then it becomes a little bit much, and that's I don't have time for that. I really, I have a zero tolerance about that simply because I work with so many fighters that that you know are basically the rainbow of of, of you know you name it. I work with them. I, you know, I don't I don't see I'm colorblind when it comes to boxing. Totally, totally colorblind. And I'm with you on that one. And I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. I don't, I don't, I don't care if you're like you said, the rainbow. I don't care if you're white, yellow, purple, pink, green, blue, red. I don't, I don't, I never like, you know, my favorite fighter right now is Brooke Crawford. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of my favorite guys, like you mentioned earlier in the call, is uh Barrera, Marco Tony Barrera. He's Mexican. You know, the guy before that was Triple G. He's from um, Kazakhstan. You know, like, I don't have a preference. Like, you don't have to be Spanish. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate when guys try to make it a whole race thing. You know, it's just, we, we, do, we deal with that in the regular. 
So like in boxing, I try to get when I watch boxing and I go on boxing Twitter and I make friends, I try to not include that. You know, and people like you said, like in, when people try to include that and try to make it a racial thing, I kind of just be like, you know what? I don't want to be associated with you because I'm not a part of that. Like, you know, like if I know things happen, we might say it unintentionally. Like, if, if like you said, I I think Haney legitly said it. He wasn't. He was making a joke out of it. He was giving respect to Hopkins. He maybe wasn't over, maybe not overthinking, but just not thinking in general, and didn't think when he said white. But of course, people went in. Saw it. They saw white. They saw racist. He's black. Let's just run with it. I thought it was corny. I thought it was stupid. But which is own. I'm with you, yep. Ernie. Yep. I don't, I, hey, like let's said, uh, I let's, can we wrap this up? Regular. I gotta start I making dinner with that in boxing either. Like that's just not for me. Um. No, I hear you, brother. Uh, last uh, so you mentioned AJ. You mentioned uh, AJ Fury will be the fight you want to see, but. We're in quarantine. What fight? If we're going to fight, you know, if 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 the lawyer calls you tomorrow and it says, yo, Ernie, pick a fight, you know what I'm saying? It's it a uh, Bob Aaron. Uh, I would love to see Canelo fight Benavidez. I would like to see, I would like to see Virgil Ortiz fight uh, Keith Thurman. Wow. Or, wow. Wow. Uh, I would like to, I would like to see, Ronnie Rios take uh, get his title shot okay. against uh, Brandon Figueroa. Um, you know, putting promoters aside, from putting all promoters aside, everything. Wow, uh, I think everybody fight. wants great to see Crawford Spence. I mean, it's just the fight that needs to happen. It's our it's our Leonard Hearns. It's, it's we got we have to see this fight. You know, so putting okay. promoters and, and my personal preference aside, you, you know, that's the fight that needs to be that you got the two two best welterweights, pound for pound, good fights. Uh, these Not guys, true. you know, no, I mean, they don't hate each other, but there's a rivalry and they understand that. And I, I would love to see that happen. Sure. Gosh, thank you, Ernie. Ernie, just want to throw one, one more before you hang up. Uh, no list, no top three, no all time right now. Who's uh, but Crawford the right now, who's your pop up on number one fighter in the but world Crawford. right now? <laughs> don't say who okay great answer because if you said Canelo I would have not published I would not have I, I would not have leaked this conversation I would have been like I'm blocking you uh, no, good answer Crawford has my that's my number one yeah definitely Ernie, thank I'm, you again bro you're more than welcome Enjoy to come back dinner. on thank you brother we'll, we'll, we'll get you All on right, soon take care. thank you again brother bye